a roller coaster. It's been that way here too, Jack, but kind of a roller coaster ride with Kentucky. Let's go back to the start of the season when, you know, things weren't going totally right. In your view, what wasn't going right? Um, well, you know, there were a number of things that seemed to be at issue with uh, with this team. I, I think, as is the case most of the time, most of those issues start on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, we were not uh, defending quite as well as, as we are now. Kentucky um, seemed to struggle. Um, and And it was kind of hard to explain because we had some pretty good athletes and we thought, some pretty good players. Um, so the start was just, in addition to everything else, it was very frustrating because uh, Coach Howell was Coach Cal was telling everybody how good this team was, and this team is good. Uh, they just were not clicking. Obviously, new pieces uh, come into play. It takes time to get that on everybody on the same page, and we saw a little bit of all of that early on in the season. You look at Kentucky now, and I guess the opposite is if you flip the page, Jack, um, they made some personnel changes, and, you know, ha- has that affected, you know, who's coming in, who's coming out? Has that helped this turnaround for Kentucky as well? Yeah, no question about that. Um, you know, Xavier Wheeler, who um, is an excellent point guard, I mean, his numbers and his history prove that. He's led the SEC in assists the last three seasons. He's done a lot of things well. Uh, uh, the problem is he's not a really, really good outside shooter. So although he's at a career high on his, you know, his three-point shooting, uh, so that's a little bit hard to understand. But he's not a really good shooter. Teams were backing off of him, which enabled them to double-team Oscar uh, Shibway in the middle, make it tougher for him. Uh, some other guys had not been making shots, so Kentucky-facing were facing uh, packed-in zones all the time, and and teams uh, were playing them a lot differently. Coach Cal makes a change. Kaysen Wallace, who is an excellent uh, young player, freshman, uh, has taken over the point guard spot. Now, Kaysen and Xavier played a lot together anyway, but now you have a couple of shooters, C.J. Frederick, who's struggling a little bit right now, putting the ball in the basket, and... um, Antonio Reeves, both of those guys can shoot the basketball. So with the three of those guys in there now, including Case and Wallace, it opens up the paint a little bit more for Oscar. It gives uh, Jacob Toppin opportunity to run more freely. So the flow of the offense seems to be uh, so much better. Plus, it's helped on the defensive end as well because Case and Wallace at 6'5 is a lot taller than Xavier Wheeler, who is Uh, Uh, A lot of people think, Jack, that the league this year has really become a defensive league. Do you agree with that? Yeah, you know, if you go back to the good old days, (laughs) and you don't even have to go back as far as when I was playing, uh, you know, it was known as a defensive league. Uh, Rules changed and offense became more prolific and you saw more scoring. And now, once again, teams, um, you know, you, you really have to think defense first because that's what uh, everyone in the league seems to be excelling at. Yeah, you know, you have teams that can and players that can put the ball in the basket. There's no question about that. But 
Uh, yeah, uh, I think our team, you know, a lot of people talked about the changes we made on offense and the lineup and all of that stuff, kind of indicating that it's made us better offensively. In some ways it has, but it's also uh, helped out this team a lot defensively. And, uh, you know, this team is defending better. So, But I think that is the situation throughout the entire league. I hope I ask a fair question here, Jack, because you obviously played at Kentucky and, you know, played really, really well. Because of their history, because of the blue blood nature of the program, is there, as a player, is there a lot of pressure playing at a school like that? Yes. Uh, to, to, <laughs> the, short, the short answer is yes. Uh, you know, there, there is pressure. Uh, I think Coach Cal does a good job of letting players know that, uh, but what to expect when you come into this season. I don't know. I don't care how much you um, you tell a guy that that the fans are in a lot of ways spoiled. Um, the fans in a lot of ways ask for way more than a guy might be capable of producing. Coach Cal does a great job of. Uh, trying his best to enlighten the players to that. But the fact of the matter is, until you go through it, you really don't know what it's like playing here. And it's very hard to uh, verbalize to a young guy who who uh, has always been the best player on the floor and on his team and all of that stuff that goes along with it. it it's hard to do that. Now, with uh, social media and all the stuff guys have to deal with today, it, it's it's really, really tough uh, because it's everywhere, man. You know, we we got the newspaper every day, and that's about what, all it was. You know, <laughs> right. back in the day. Yeah. But but you know, it, it's it's very difficult, and uh, it gives uh, the fans. And sometimes, and it's no question about it. Sometimes some of the comments are made from uh, folks who are not Kentucky fans, but they want you to believe they are. And players read that stuff, and it and it does get to them. So it does add pressure. But uh, I, I think over the course of the season, you learn how to handle that. Jack Givens, our guest, uh, former Kentucky player, uh, now part of the radio broadcast team. I couldn't wait to ask you this. What are your thoughts on NIL and the transfer portal? Um, well, you can't talk to them in the same, uh, at the same sentence. So first let me... Let me deal with the NIL. Okay. Uh, I, I, I love the NIL. I love that players have an opportunity to earn money. Uh, look, when, when I was in school, we got $15 a month. They called it laundry money. And, uh, you know, fortunately, I'm from here in Lexington, grew up right here, so I could take my laundry home to my mom who enjoyed, well, I don't want to say enjoyed, but she did my laundry. <laughs> she did it, yeah. <laughs> So my $15 didn't necessarily have to go to laundry. But, uh, you know, coaches make huge money. Uh, It seems that everybody was making money, sporting goods companies and everybody else was making money off the players except the players. So I'm very, very happy uh, that players can now make some money. Um, And I, I know that. Speaking as a former player, I mean, I, I get that. But you tell me that all we're worth is $15 a month, uh, and I'm going to argue with you all day about that. Uh, now, 
to speak to the portal. Um, I, I, I think what ultimately happens in that situation is every now and then you find a guy who can come in on this level and produce and produce daily, uh, game by game. What you find out over the long haul is there was a reason a guy was at a, at a, a smaller college, at a mid-major or less, um, because coming into the SEC and competing every day against the kind of competition, uh, it catches up. It shows the true colors, if you will, mm-hmm. of the players that, uh, that transfer in the portal. It, it, it stands up. There's no question about it. So I also agree that players should be able to go because your coach can leave Florida one year and end up at another school the next year competing against uh, you. So why couldn't a, shouldn't a player be able to do that? I am all in favor of everything that works for the coaches should at least be available to the players. So while I will say this uh, about both of them in the same sentence, there better be some controls put in place very quickly, <laughs> or this thing is going to get more out of hand, both the portal and the NIL. It's going to get more and more and more out of control, man. And I'll be the first to admit that it has gotten to that point. But I, I just don't know how you're going to going to make changes if you don't make them very quickly. I, I got to tell you, in all candor, in, in speaking to Jack, um, he played an alligator alley. I watched him play. We're contemporaries as far as age. Watched you play here in the alley. So, Pleasure to have you here. Uh, I want to leave with this, Jack. Who's the best team you've seen in the SEC so far? Um, I will say this real quickly about playing in the alley, man. Yeah. My, my back is still hurting from those student <laughs> fraternity guys sitting behind us kicking the whole game. <laughs> I will say that. Uh, the best team I've seen in the SEC uh, thus far uh, has been Bama. Uh, and I'm just going from the game that that Kentucky played uh, against them. Boy, they had a lot of pieces um, uh, that 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 were working well. But on any given night, as we found out last night with your game against Tennessee, anything can happen. Tennessee didn't play its best against Kentucky. I would like to say that Kentucky had a little bit to do with that, but. Um, but I think Bama so far has, has been the best. Pleasure to speak with you, Jack. And when Florida plays Kentucky second time around, try, we'll try to get you back. But appreciate you doing this. Thanks for the time. I enjoyed it very much, Steve. You got it.